0: Hi, (laughs) welcome to the podcast (laughs) thank you
1: it's so lovely to have you here because we've been talking about this for the longest time
0: we have but
1: we're here now in the glorious (laughs) preston you've brought the rain with you
0: i brought the rain during a heat wave (laughs) every
1: single time (laughs) so would you want to introduce yourself and what you do at portia gb
0: absolutely so yeah uh i'm stuart mclaughlin i am currently responsible for uh, the sales and marketing of Porsche equipment so that's our accessories range which is um, everything from a, uh, a low liner in your, in your boot all the way to performance kits um, uh, for GT products uh, and I also look after the exclusive manufacturer program so when you're to make it truly yours and completely individual and we've got a number of options where you can do that, so I look after that as well. So, And I'm also uh, a nerd when it <laughs> comes to Porsche as well. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think um, exclusive manufacture, being biased, is my favourite side of what you do. How long have you been in this job for now?
0: Uh, this job, so uh, Porsche as a whole now, uh, for 17 years, so, wow. so yeah, uh, like I say, Porsche nerd. but. Um, yeah, with this role, ten years. Okay. So um, in various different guises, but yeah, uh, ten years. And and yeah, the same. I I love the exclusive manufacturer side of things. Um, again, nerdy fact. So originally, it was just Porsche exclusive. Uh, in '86, they formed that department. Um, Let's maybe skip the history lesson, but um, uh, they then changed the name to Exclusive Manufacture. Uh, later on in, uh, I think 2016 it was, and uh, the reason for that is is that they wanted to add the manufacture element because again, thinking about uh, just literally breaking the word down as Latin, you mm-hmm. know, manu, manual, factor to make something, you know, manually make something. So, so they really wanted to get across that handcrafted element, the the fact that things are being made by hand. There are you know, people stitching, you know, seamstresses and everything, stitching and, and putting leather onto components with glue and doing it all by hand. And, and yeah, I think there's a lot of value for that in, the, in this world we're in now, mm-hmm. you know, to know that someone spent their time that does it day in, day out, that that is just excellent at what they do um, to our level of standards. It's, yeah, I think there's a real, real big value to that.
1: I think that's... Um Something I didn't quite appreciate until I did visit the factory. I don't think people understand that. I think they think it just goes through the factory, it's sliced in a machine, whapped on, delivered to the centre. But it is that craftsmanship and people doing it by hand and the time and the intricacy of it all, mm. um, which really does make it such a beautiful brand. Yeah. And the cars. Well, you've driven down in this day. I
0: mean, yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, it's definitely an eye catcher. This one. It's so, beautiful. Yeah, you, you couldn't help but hear a few. Um, yeah, people commenting on on certainly the color and and things like that so yeah this is yeah one of it's my It's viola
1: uh, is that correct? Uh
0: viola, viola purple metallic so mm. um not to be confused with viola metallic because there are two different uh colors so this is the lighter um yeah viola purple metallic um but yeah I've always wanted to uh, put this color on a car and and I saw it I've seen it on a couple of GT3s and things like that and and but it's a real summer colour to me so I just thought, right, it needs to be on a on a Cabriolet and then when it came to um, organising cars for this year's Goodwood Festival of Speed and then I thought, right, okay, right, we need a um a, Carrera, a 911 Carrera on the stand so I thought, right, yeah, we'll make it a cab, we'll get this colour on there um, add the exclusive leather interior um, here with the cream um, and black as well which I think works really well, so... Yeah, I'm particularly proud of this one. It's a
1: beauty. <laughs> I didn't realise you'd, you'd built this car.
0: Yeah, wow. yeah absolutely. So again.
1: did you go to the factory to build this car or was this done?
0: No, I did this remotely. So, um, uh, again, I'm very fortunate to get out to Zuffenhausen mm-hmm. quite a lot. It, it's amazing. Uh, actually, um, remembering the last time I went there, um, you saying about when you're in the leather area yeah. and, and seeing them do all the work. <clears throat> well, uh, when I was last there... Uh, they have this machine where they they lay out the leather hide and then they inspect it for quality all around And uh, as you've probably seen and the leather hide that they had when I was there was uh, seven meters bearing in mind this comes from one cow
1: that's one big
0: cow one big cow <laughs> <laughs> one big cow man yeah so uh yeah huge and they and they were literally saying this is a record we've never had wow. one like this so yeah, I feel sorry for the other cows. All, all the other, all the other <laughs> hides the after that. That's the RS of the cow world, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> all the other hides after that were, yeah, only three metres. But, yeah, because <laughs> that yeah. one cow had obviously eaten all the grass. Um, and we digress. <laughs> we do, we do. <laughs> no, no, It's honestly,
1: I've only ever been once, like I said, and I got to go with a customer um, who did a 911 cab, actually. And that place, I mean, how many times have you been now? Have you been here 17 years? It oh, must be.
0: Yeah, I you,
1: you've lost count yeah. <laughs> I've only humbled, I've only ever been once but I think, honestly best day of my life I was literally, it's like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, I could not believe that place I remember walking in and we saw the different areas, we started in the area where, I'm not sure is it the handover areas you've got the garage, you've got the different, is it the icons of cool based mm-hmm. on that and then this guy took us through to this back it literally looked like someone's garage at home and the car's in there, Like I mean I'm spoiled to work in a place like this but it absolutely blew my mind what I saw in that place. Yeah. Um, another thing that um, I learned whilst I was there was Sundavunsch. Is that yeah. am I pronouncing that correctly? I,
0: you absolutely, are oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> Northern uh, undertone. And translated to English is.
1: <laughs> I do know this. I know <laughs> this.
0: Go on. Special, special wish, special request. Um, and yeah, again, this was actually so again history lesson um but uh yeah so before porsche exclusive was a thing in Mm -hmm. in 86 they had a department which was called zondervonch and that was originally uh, created as a workshop to to build the the 911 turbo flat nose for anybody that remembers that such a such a cool Mm -hmm. car love it whenever i see one They're so rare, there was 948 in the world ever built. So yeah, very rare car. Um, But yeah, so this department was created and then they started doing a few other bits and pieces and and special requests for for customers to do this workshop. Uh, And then they built a a one-off car uh, in 83 for Mansur OJ, um, who, for any Formula One fan, would know as as um, you know, CEO uh well he's sadly passed away now, but he was CEO of McLaren. Uh sorry, CEO of Tag uh Group, uh, which was then obviously a a major shareholder in McLaren and, and still are to this day. Um but uh yeah, it, it was back then in the eighties that uh Porsche had the Formula One engine that we were then supplying to McLaren and these were the mid eighties years where Nikki Lauda, Alan Pross were just winning every race. So they won three championships in a row with that Porsche tag engine. Um, And so because of that um, partnership, um, Porsche said, oh, we'll make you a one-off car. So they effectively took a 911 turbo flat nose, but then modified it to make it look like a 935 race car so changed all the bodywork changed the engine the interior everything and uh yeah created this 935 street and that was then the the car which really kicked off the department as a whole but but now is being reintroduced as um again through the car configurator you have so many exclusive options that you can add onto your car and and that's that's seamlessly uh, done for you but if you're looking for something absolutely extra, extra special, something that isn't on the on the configurator, something that you've just got inspiration from elsewhere, whether it's an individual feature or whether you want to build a whole one-off car, Zondervant is the program um, that offers that and even with a even with a classic vehicle as well you know if you've you got your 964 and and you want a full color change and you want to update the interior you can again through Zondervan send it back to the factory and have it you know completely redone um with a new specification and and they even recognize that within the porsche um porsche systems as well so they update it within the the factory production system as well. So it's, yeah, it's it's a really cool programme to have.
1: Is it correct to say that you can pay to sit with Michael Mora and Gran Larson and design your own Porsche you as part can. of that programme?
0: You certainly can. Yeah, you, your... you
1: are playing with the big boys. That's no Nando's <laughs> day, is it?
0: <laughs> that, that is not, no. <laughs> I know, is it yeah.
1: also correct that you have to pay €100,000 just to sit down with these people?
0: It's Well, yeah, it's €100,000 for the full... Um, consultation process so yeah you would you get your team of designers you go to vice arc which again is our R&D place which I feel very privileged to have been there a few times but you have to be very very lucky to go there and walk through those doors because that's where all the secrets happen that's where yeah walking beyond that door all the prototypes of the future cars are just driving around all the race cars and and everything it's yeah your eyes are wide open
1: (laughs) i can imagine (laughs) no phones
0: allowed no nothing um yeah so it's it's yeah really cool they've got the test track there and everything um but yeah you would get to go there into that world they they the team of designers from style porsche they sit with you and go through previous projects future projects they come up with new ideas full mood boards and and yeah they create this whole styling package of what they can and can't do um you know where i say they can't do it because it's a bad idea not because they can't technically do it um but uh yeah it it's just yeah really cool you know as long as it takes as long however many meetings as it takes you know and then eventually uh they come to a point with with a design of a car and then they go into to building it and you know one of the things I say is yes it's it's quite a high fee for for that um, part of the protest but at the same time if you come out with a true one-off mm-hmm. car something know, money
1: can't buy truly isn't it it's
0: truly invaluable yeah. you mm-hmm. know and and so you can almost name your price so yeah. it's um, yeah it, it's some it's a really cool thing again to have we've had a few interesting ones so far um the uh sally special yes yeah. i am
1: um, <laughs> i must admit i saw that in the workshop whilst i was in there the f- in I the flesh have, in Ooh. the flesh well, i shouldn't have done really we were having a wonder phones were not allowed and i saw this car and i saw the tattoo under the um the wing i was like oh, what's that and he was like <laughs> No, you can't look at that. No, no, no. <laughs> I said, Look, I've seen it now. Come on. So it's a bit naughty, but yeah, it I was couldn't.
0: Almost I, like the movie where you saw the tattoo when you shouldn't. On you
1: know? it, literally. <laughs> it was like it was meant to be this moment. I was like, Look, I've seen it now. So I'd seen the plaques. And yeah, just to. To see that in, in its environment as well, in, in the factory, in the workshop with the people working on it, it was just, it was priceless. I couldn't quite believe what I'd just seen, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I'm sure you've great. seen many of, had many of those moments before.
0: Yeah, and you just want to get your phone out, yeah. like, but you can't. You not <laughs> believe just like, what I've done oh, today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just people believe me when I tell you. Yeah, I remember, um, so... I can tell this story now. This is great. So, yeah, uh, again, in Weissark, and this was many, many years ago, and uh, and I was with Andy Poyninger, uh, who, for those who don't know, runs the GT um, programme, so all of the Porsche GT cars, and and obviously they're very much purists where it comes to the cars they're building. They like their naturally aspirated engines. They like manual gearboxes, all of that sort of thing. And... uh, and he said at the time oh i've got a i've got to go and look at this electric race car and and uh I'm not particularly enthusiastic about it but oh well I'll, i'm I'm gonna go now so he went off and then next thing you know a a, a cayman g t four club sport comes around the corner, but it's fully electric and and like I say this was five to seven years ago, I'd probably say. And yeah, so this fully electric race car comes around the corner, and that was bizarre to all of us back then. Obviously, we're a bit more used to it now. Yeah. And now, obviously, we see it's the, the Cayman E-Performance, which we've seen go up the hill at Goodwood a few times. But again, you want to come back and tell people, guess what I saw? I saw this. But you can't. It's sometimes you have to be so yeah. good at keeping secrets.
1: So some of these cars, these one, one-offs, are the ones that we just never see? Or do they yes. always do a full circle back to the factory as a piece in the Porsche
0: history? There's, there's, you know, predominantly it and and fundamentally it's down to the customer that's okay. doing it, yeah. and it, and it's their call because um, some people like to be in the limelight. Some people like to have a whole story and and add that to their vehicle and and. You know, it all, again, forms part of the vehicle's history. So some people love that. Um, there was one guy, uh, Pablo Barilla. Uh, he won Le Mans um, in, um, I can't remember which year, the 80s at some point, 962. And he wanted to recreate a road car like his 962. So he um, he basically used this GT3. They They not only changed some body panel parts so like the rear wing end plates were different and things like that they also then hand painted the car so the the car was was black yellow, white and they, they hand painted this car to make sure it was all um, yeah it all looked brilliant and because of his lineage because of his story around it he wanted to tell that story to the world as to why the car looked the way it did and, and, and how cool that was However, there are some projects going on at the moment again that are just private commissions, and we we've got a lot of demand for this program. You know, at the moment we're we're planning up to eight years ahead. At the moment, that's that's the kind of demand we're looking at, which is great. Um, but yeah, a lot of these people want to to yeah they they just want that anonymity, so they just want to be. Um, uh, they love getting that car and maybe one day in the future they'll unveil it as, as this special car. Um, I, I, it wasn't through, um, it's not through the modern days on Devonche, but in the past um, there was a 993 Speedster and they just, the factory built one just for the Porsche family as a present. So in 1995, they said, okay, to the Porsche family, here's a special car, one off for you. Um, and Jerry Seinfeld, back then, um, saw the car and said, I want one. And they said, well, sorry, it's, uh, it's a one off. He said, I want one, I I want you to build me another one, whatever it takes, we'll do it. So then in, <clears throat> in 2000, they built a second one, so, um, uh He again was in the limelight because of who he is, but again, if that were a private collector, you know the idea of them being able to buy that car, put it away for a few years, and then one day unveil you know people wouldn't be able to buy the first one because it 's in the family collection, so it will never be for sale. so the fact there is just one <laughs> available in the whole world makes it again invaluable, so these are the sort of stories that I love about. Um, about Porsche and about these special cars that Mm. people can create
1: yeah I agree I think it is um, it's the stories that make the cars for example the one I went to spec with the customer well not personally I just went um, along I was lucky enough to be invited but he chose a colour based off the toy he had when he was a child and it's just those small things it completely changes your perspective on the vehicle it goes Mm -hmm. from being a piece of metal to just having a soul. And I think that's what's so beautiful about the
0: product. Absolutely. And
1: also, I think it's the scarcity and the exclusivity which drives the Porsche brand. Without it, it wouldn't be Porsche. No, so.
0: Totally. Like, do you remember how you got into Porsche? Like, did was there a thing that happened or was it just through here or, yeah?
1: I've always appreciated the vehicles, but I think, like I said before, I, I truly fell in love with the brand when I was opened up to the the craftsmanship and the stories and the ethos and the emotion behind everything because mm. it isn't just a car that leaves a building it's I think that some people obviously t- true enthusiasts will see that side of it but people just see Porsche as Porsche as a car a fancy sports car they don't see the hand stitching they don't see the the colour choices through these stories they don't see the passion that goes into them mm. It, I think that's what made me fall in love with the brand so yeah. much
0: yeah no that's cool i I remember when I was um, I was growing up, and I I I don't know I must have been about well they they um, lived down the road from us anyway in the same cul-de-sac. But um, my friends, well my friend at the time, Mark, who was similar age, uh, his dad Julian had um, he he had two Porsche 911. So one was his race car, and one was his road car. And uh, even his road road car had a roll cage in it, and you know, because we lived in the same cul-de-sac, sometimes we'd we'd need a lift to school, and me being the smallest, I'm still not, I'm still pretty short, but <laughs> I have grown since then, luckily. But even so, because I was the shortest, I had to be the one that would climb in the back and cling on to the roll Perfectly legal, by the way. Obviously, <laughs> um, don't come looking for us now. But yeah. Um, I, clutching onto the roll cage in the back and, and obviously you're right by the engine as well. Um, so I just remember <laughs> that even though I wasn't the most comfortable, just, just loving turning up at school in this 9-11, climbing out through the roll cage, climbing, um, uh, climbing out of the car. And uh, yeah, I mean, Mark and Julian, they're still Porsche Club members today. Um, I see them often at shows and and what have you so yeah do we still have the car uh no so um. the actual car um they ended up doing so much stuff to it so much modification to it ended up with like a fiberglass body and all sorts so it's super light um but no that went away but they did replace it then with a 911e a later on and and yeah now Mark's got a 993 as well so yeah they're they're still fully invested
1: <laughs> that's one extreme of the of the like the sondervunge the one of ones however i think the beauty of the brand also is being able to take a base model specification of, let's say a Cayman, mm-hmm. and make it your own through exclusive but of course it's not just exclusive you look after it's the equipment and accessory side of the business it tells a little bit more about it
0: okay you mean tell you what's cool about tell it? Tell me what's
1: cool. Don't tell me about <laughs> the roof tents and the... Well, that, oh, that is cool. cool, that's
0: cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: But, um, I mean, probably more like the Manti performance.
0: Yes, exactly, yeah. I mean, I will say about the roof tent. So, yeah, we recently had Good Refest for a Speed, where, of course, I saw you. Yes. Um, which was a delight. But, um, yeah, we had a uh, uh, KN with the roof tent uh, on it, and I... I can't believe how well that that roof tent went down. Everybody loved it. Um and even though we weren't allowed them to get up in into the roof tent health and safety. Anyway, um but uh yeah, we uh we had the roof tent there as well as a few other equipment products and you know some uh dog box for the bo- uh, for the boot and and stuff like that. But yeah, this roof tent when we when we first launched it even I kind of thought, well you own a Porsche, surely you'll just, you know, you'll stay in a hotel or what have you. Um, and, uh, and there were there were two things that that happened um, over that weekend. One is, okay, this isn't the best advert, um, but <laughs> tell us. <laughs> I, I spoke to a customer of another centre. I will say another not too far from here. Um, and uh, I asked him, okay, where are you? Where are you staying? He said, oh. My McCann. And when he said it really quickly, I thought he was just saying the name of a hotel that sounded very similar to McCann. I was like, my McCann, I haven't heard of that hotel. He was like, no, my McCann. I am sleeping in my McCann over the whole weekend of Goodwood. Because he couldn't get a hotel. Now, he could have done with a roof tent. (laughs) Sold. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um but then the other uh the other thing as well was I went to Le Mans this year uh again uh just with my friends and, and had a great time, a big motorsport fan. So I went to Le Mans and when you for anyone that's been there, when you're driving down you just see so many Porsches. You see obviously a lot of other supercars as well, but everybody's driving down there and in almost one huge convoy and, and if you haven't done it, I really recommend it. It's so so cool. Such a good feeling atmosphere, and and yeah, everybody going to the same place, and um, and it's a festival of of motorsport when you're there, and it's just like nothing else, and um, yeah, you get down there, and again, the hotel conversation is 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 a, a null and void conversation because there aren't any hotels locally. Um, you have to drive a mile or two away to to find a hotel which people aren't really wanting to do in the night if they want to just go to sleep for a bit and watch a bit more of the racing later on. So everybody has to camp. So anyway, that's enough about the roof tent.
1: I, I, I Sorry, <laughs> just I don't hate the roof tent. The only reason is I had a very bad time with it.
0: Oh, really? So we what went happened? on a shoot,
1: and I must say, like maybe once, once it's up, you understand what's going on, but mm-hmm. that initial... Battle with putting that thing up, yeah. and it was it was like twenty five degrees.
0: I see you were sweating. But
1: Stuart fell out. Let's well, just say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, I'm not criticising the roof. It's very
1: spacious. I must say, you can't you can't knock them. But I've,
0: I've managed to I've managed to nail it now in five minutes in terms of getting a roof tent up. <laughs> yeah, you're like Bam. go <laughs> go. Literally, somebody. <laughs> we had a training <laughs> event recently. I was like, time me. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, once you do it well, once, it's fine. Yeah, easy. exactly, and. Getting it down again because we, um, of course, Saturday of Goodwood was cancelled this year because of the high winds. So of course, on the um, on the Friday night, quick get that roof tent down. Yeah. So again, I just had to, yeah, it was almost a race, uh, which I wasn't, a, yeah, a race I set myself. But um, but yes, so kits. Yes. Yes. Um, again, I, I'm a big motorsport fan, and when this product range came about i i just loved it i just went i'm i'm all in on this and yes okay it was you know i look after equipment on behalf of of porsche but i have to admit i was a bit selfish with this where i was just like no we're we're doing this (laughs) like we are i'm investing my budget i'm i'm doing loads of training i'm i'm just you know because i wanted everybody else to See what I saw, saw or see, um, you know, because I j- could just see how cool it is. See the background of Manti and and their expertise, how amazing they are, and I just wanted everybody else to share that with me. So, um, so yeah, I, I, hopefully, I've done a a good job on that, and and certainly I'm seeing so much enthusiasm. You know, around all of our Porsche centers, and and you know we're seeing quite a few cars out there now with these kits on them, and and it's just yeah, it's such a cool story, and and for anyone that doesn't know who Manti is, it's uh, basically the Porsche, it's pretty much the Porsche Motorsport department. So the 911 RSR that was running at Le Mans. Um, from 2013 all the way until recently, the Porsche Works one in the GTE Pro class, that was run by Manti. Those cars lived in the workshops at Manti um, and so had the full setups there. Every lap record attempt we do at the Nürburgring, um, Manti are there setting their car up, making sure it's all right and and we can get the best out of the car. Um, now there's a new GT3 class um, at uh, Le Mans and in the World Endurance Championship again as of next year so Manti are going to be running again two GT3Rs four Porsche in there Um, and when you go there to Manti again it just blows your mind because you first think oh it's just a small place maybe a few workshops and then you get there and they've, yes, they've got a service center where, well, they'll um, service um, mainly GT product, but they'll do anything. But then you go over the road and then they've got, all their workshops are named after different race circuits around the world. So they've got their Le Mans workshop, their spa workshop, their Monza workshop and so on. And obviously Le Mans workshop, that's where they'll run the, RSR or the GT3Rs and they'll be in there and they've got all the the bonnets, you know, the pink pig bonnet The Rothmans bonnet from the RSR those are just up there on the wall and all of the um, You know above the the pit garages where they have the race Where the driver's name and number and all of that all of those are in the workshop So it's like you're going into a little bit of history of Le Mans, which is super cool Then you go into their research and development area um then you go into uh, the other workshop where they have all of these cup cars you know and and the cup cars that are used in carrera cup or super cup races around the world or the gt4 rs club sports every single club sport car that gets built through porsche at Zuffenhausen then goes to mantai and then gets the full final setup any you know, fire extinguishers, special race seats they want added, you know, all the hydraulic jack systems. They go get all installed at Manti and then they take them onto the Grand Prix circuit to give them a final shakedown to make sure that they're all good. Obviously, full alignment with their special alignment system and all of that. You know, they are they are our race team, like I say. and And, and the fact that they are producing... And, and helping design these performance upgrade kits which double down force and, and just make these cars even more extreme and, and access a different level of performance is just so so cool. <laughs> it's just really awesome.
1: And they just look fantastic as well looking at them. They just completely change the look of the vehicle, don't they? They do. Um I think I what I recently watched the Chris Harris video he did with it and I think he summed it up perfectly. He said it was a niche within a niche within a niche. And he said it's for those who can't get their RS and those with the GT3 who want to just upgrade it to that next level. Yeah. But having driven... Well, yourself, having driven GT3 and then GT3 with Manti, can you feel that difference? How how would you describe having that Manti kit on the vehicle?
0: Yeah, I would describe... The difference, you know, is not what people expect. So, um, yes, okay, the car can feel a little bit more um darty i would say at low speed it's a little bit more um, responsive in terms of the steering wheel input but then when you're actually doing laps and you're you're um driving the car on a circuit what tends to happen is is a lot of people won't necessarily get a faster lap time obviously on the whole yes people will but even if people don't, they might get the same lap time. They're just not working as hard. You know I, I think so many people, myself included, have been on a track, working a car and you're doing lap after lap, and you're getting warmer and warmer, and you're, you're getting hot. the windows are getting more and more <laughs> steamed up. and <laughs> you're, you're thinking, do I crack a window <laughs> and, and all of this. And, and yeah, because you're working hard as well but what the manti kit does you know it it's, if you think about it it's logical if the car's more planted if there's more downforce so the car's more planted and and it's not feeling as on edge and it's not feeling as uh, as on that limit and the limits further away well you can you can just it's so much easier to drive so um so yeah often the the perception is that this it will suddenly turn it into an animal that's not drivable or uh, you have to be a professional race driver, it, that's completely not the case, you know, in fact you see bigger gains in terms of lap time from people that aren't professional race drivers because they're the ones that are suddenly just more relaxed and more mm. comfortable and and again it goes back a, a little bit you know you could say the similar stuff about the Zonderbunch thing you know where mm-hmm. people want that car that's, that's extra special that, that's different, that stands out you know again that's another way to achieve that and um, uh <laughs> It go back to being at Manti. I remember, you know, I, I take a few people out to Manti for for trainings, and we sit there with um, race engineers. And because again, to understand the the true value of of the dedication that goes into producing these kits, and yes, they look look good, but again, they're always Olaf Manti's quote was, "We won't make anything unless it improves the car, you know, and and uh, makes the car go go faster around a circuit." And um, so when you listen to the guys that design and develop these kits, there were a lot of glazed eyes in that room because it's, it's amazing and it's fascinating. But when they start talking about aerodynamic profile, when they start talking about creating vacuums and how the car needs to, yes, have downforce, but then also lift and, and reverse lift and, um, you know, the different elements of creating creating turbulent air and then diffusing air and um you know the the disc on the rear wheel is because effectively the wheel as the top of the wheel is rotating in the opposite direction of the vehicle then it causes more turbulence so they want to smooth that out and then they start talking about newton's law of motion and how they're going to calculate um the the lateral grip and and um distribution of forces all of this it's it's yeah (laughs) it's like going back to well it's like going to university to study um uh the sciences and and even though you can't retain everything because they're race engineers and and that's what they do you can't help but walk away and go wow Mm. they know what they're doing (laughs) they are Uh, complete scientists Mm -hmm. on a racetrack
1: (laughs) so uh, the future of porsche electric there's Mm -hmm. no getting away from it um the it's the last run out the cayman the boxters obviously we've got the new Taycan. how do you see the future of porsche in terms of the equipment and the more so the exclusive side of things
0: well i think like you can kind of break this down i think there's a few elements to it in terms of the future of porsche and and there's obviously only so much we're allowed to say mm-hmm. and, and, and in terms of the future products. But, you know, yes, we've got the, the new Macan on its way yeah. um, and we know that's fully electric and and we're really excited about that. I think that's going to be a super, super popular car. Um, and uh, you're right, you know, with the legislations that are coming in, you know, it, it's Porsche's hand are being um forced in many ways to to go down this road of electrification and um and, and and i think porsche particularly are probably ahead of most brands you know again we can't ever forget the 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 actual full name of porsche the doctor i in, in uh, f uh, so on is basically you know um uh, degree in engineering, Ferdinand Porsche degree in engineering, master's degree in engineering. So we're an engineering company, which is why even some of our internal departments, you know, start EG for okay. engineering. Um, and, uh, you know, so we develop new technology in house and we develop um, uh, all of these things for our vehicles. So I think we're, we're a step ahead of so many um, manufacturers, particularly when it comes to drivetrain. So yes we're pushing down this electrification route and uh, the Taycan has been so again so successful and and so well received which is really cool. Um but in even with our push down that that line and that's where we're obviously investing you know Porsche of with ExxonMobil we've got a plant in Chile where we're investigating synth- synthetic fuels um as well as um other um, technologies like uh, drawing carbon dioxide and and using that as a, um, to, to run factories and things like that. So there's loads of new technologies that we're using which could mean if we get synthetic fuels fully not just usable because we're already using them in the Super Cup now, in the Porsche Super Cup, so we are already using them. It's just whether we can get them to the point that they're fully reliable and mass producible mm-hmm. so once we can get it scalable um and and we can start using that then who knows actually in before you know 2030 when when everything clicks in um we might actually have a fuel again that that is zero emission that we can run naturally aspirated cars and turbocharged cars on so so you know, there's there, there's still that little bit of hope. We know so many people love the sound of their engine, love um, uh, you know, love that that feeling of a combustion engine. I think performance of of electric, you can't question the torque levels, the acceleration, fig- performance figures. It's absolutely insane, and it, it's th- yeah, they're just amazing and easy, so easy to drive as well. That's one thing that's overlooked with a lot of electric vehicles is is they're just you know get in and go it's not sometimes when we market we're a victim of our own um, uh, not success but you know we're our own downfall I suppose Mm -hmm. sometimes in the sense that when we market these electric vehicles we say they are the the latest technology state of the art they are so advanced and innovative uh, and very complex and and yet when you get in the car and press on and into drive and then that's it you don't have to do anything it it doesn't even need to well the Taycan has two gears basically and a lot of electric cars only have one so it doesn't even need to change gear so um it's just so easy and Mm -hmm. and simple and you've got the the instant torque there so you don't have to wind it up like a like a combustion engine um might so it, it's just so easy to drive and i think that's sometimes so overlooked um but yeah as as we push down into that area you know we, we we're not 100 percent. we're also yeah trying to develop these fuels as well so that'd be really really cool um i was when i was driving up here this morning and again we've got naturally aspirated but then we've got our turbocharged engines and and this is twin turbo 3 liter and and even again call me a i don't know a kid a kid at heart but you know i even love just on the motorway where you can just hear the turbo spooling and then you hear the wastegate and and all of that it's just it's so cool so sometimes we associate the Porsche sound as just literally that flat six engine that mm-hmm. w- that's that been around for years but um, you know it used to be the air cooled flat six sound and then it became the the you know the water cooled flat six sound and then and then the turbocharged flat six sound so it's always always um, moving on and changing but um, you know with the electric sport sound in the Taycan I love that I, I, lo- I can't I can't drive a Taycan without, without turning <laughs> that on <laughs> 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 it's just really cool and it's um, it's it's the fact it's not a fake engine noise. It's 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 almost like amplifying the motor sound. So uh, and it so it sounds very um, real and natural. So I think it's really cool. And and um, you know we've got so many different sounds of Porsche. You know I think and um, so that's really cool. No, I, do, I think I think that's <laughs> so. what it is, isn't it? You've got
1: the Porsche owners and enthusiasts who aren't ready for that change don't want that change yeah, which love is what they've right. got but you're still getting the take on it and you think it's still Porsche you've got that luxury premium feel you've got the, still got the the exclusive touches mm. I think it doesn't compromise on Porsche and no. I think that's what's so special about it
0: absolutely it's interesting you know talking to so many customers as I do and and listening to their views and their feedback and 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 you know like i say you know we've got a gt3 touring behind us here as well and and you will get those purists which mm-hmm. which sometimes see the taycan as a threat they see it as a threat to their 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 product that they love and like and and one thing that we want to be clear on is is for porsche we don't want the taycan to replace the gt3 or anything like that we don't want the taycan to be replacing the 911 the 718 or what have you we we see them going side by side for as long as we can and and you know yes a lot of of it is out of our control in terms of the 2030 thing but but yeah we we want we want both we want to to keep everyone happy we we don't want to replace one with the other so um so yeah i think even <laughs> I was speaking to my mum a little while ago, and um, she was thinking about a new car, and and she she started to talk to me about electric vehicles, and, and you know she felt compelled to justify to me why she shouldn't buy an electric vehicle, and, and I think that sort of says enough uh, or says a lot about society at the moment, and and the pressure that everybody feels you know it's like you have to have an electric vehicle and and oh if you're buying a new car why aren't you and and i don't think that should be the case at all it's it's yeah everybody should buy what they want you know yeah. you're in it every day enjoy it you know so so a few <laughs> questions before we finish a podcast are you ready uh, you've got an endless
1: budget what's okay. your dream build
0: Oh, well I'd have to go for a Zonderunch, wouldn't I? Unlimited yeah. budget. I mean, yeah, you're gonna have to go for a Zonderunch project. Um I would I would probably again, I, I would have to produce something which is is has not been built before. So I'd probably have to try and think about something like an, a nine eleven turbo but a targa, for example. So nice. like I, I love the Targa body style, but obviously we don't produce it in a in a turbo. So if there was yeah something modern um, yeah the new 911 turbo but a Targa body, I think that would look really cool. Don't ask me how that works technically with the rear wing <laughs> and, and, the, and, <laughs> and the Targa. Uh, that that's for my team of designers yes. to to um, figure out how that works. But um yeah, something like that would just be really cool. But then, you know, I've always loved you know, a nine nine three, uh, they're so cool. And again, I don't know, would I maybe look to build a third nine nine three Speedster or, or, or something like that? That would also be really cool or or a modern again, a modern nine eleven twenty flat nose or something like that, you know. Um yeah, I don't know, there's there's so many things I think I would yeah, my imagination would just be crazy. But <laughs> you have been very spoiled here, give me one. Okay, um, let's go. Yeah, let's go with the first Target Turbo. Yeah, color. Color. I mean, this is really cool. This violet purple. Ooh. But do you know, I've I've always liked the color Oryx White, which is like a pearlescent white. Um, but actually, no. I'll tell you what I'm going to go for. Um, we do um, a few Chroma Flare um paint colors now again this is very rare you we literally i think do about 10 of these a year globally um but yeah they're full chrome affair paint finishes and there's five different colors i i won't remember them all but i will remember some shifting carbon explosive gold um urban bamboo um python green uh not to be confused with the the series color python green but python green metallic uh and one other that i can't remember um but um yeah i'd probably go for something like the python green or um shifting carbon something like that because they're they're just yeah really really cool really crazy and then and then it makes them yeah very one-off
1: so, if exclusive was to keep three paint colours, paint sample colours, mm-hmm. what would you choose?
0: Three only. This isn't. This isn't fair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you realise there's like a hundred and seventy? Oh, yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Um, where do we go from here? Um, I would say, we're, I'd say like riviera blue is a is a kind of classic and that always um comes to mind um, um I would then say mint green
1: nice i like mint mm-hmm. green
0: that's really cool um uh and just again, a car can't not stand out in that um and then I'd probably say mm, yeah, I mean, maybe Ruby Star. I know it's becoming a little bit more um, used and common now, but, um, yeah, um, or maybe <laughs> s- Speed Yellow. I mean, look, God, there's so many yeah, no, on hard, on, isn't it? Speed Yellow. Oh, no, Gemini <laughs> Blue. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gemini, they that's strong Blue. strong choices. Yeah, strong. Blue, but yeah. rogue, very rogue. I thought yeah. you'd go a bit more traditionalist. Well there's again there's the but the whole point of paint sample yeah. is is the fact that you there's so many to choose from and, and yeah, when one gets stuck getting used a lot, you know, it becomes less popular mm-hmm. and you li- I like to try and find those ones that aren't quite so regular, not used so much yeah, your Oslo blues and um uh, emerald greens and, and all this sort of stuff. We um, uh, had a KN recently in Java green metallic and um, and that really stood out. So, you know, it's, yeah, you start to find the ones that are like the secret, mm-hmm. the hidden gems and, and, yeah, you start to, um, yeah, find those. And we've got um, some new ones that have just been added, which obviously I haven't, because they're so new, I haven't seen them in the flesh yet, so things like x blue and azure blue which azure blue looks really cool but um but yeah i haven't seen it in flesh yet but yeah so we're always adding and and Mm. stuff so yeah it's always going to be changing but yeah finding those little little gems yeah
1: we had a a target gts in in um mint green and at first i kind of looked at it i thought and then the longer i looked at it i thought i'm obsessed it's (laughs) it's i think it's that initial like whoa because it is so bold and it is but then, when you've got such a special car, you can get away with it, can't you? Yeah, it exactly,
0: exactly. And and the way mm. I look at it is, you know, some of the cars, you know, um, they're 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 special. So and and you're already making a special car. So why don't you carry on with mm. making it more special? You know, and, and yeah. yeah, maybe that's just me. I'm no, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm the extra tick. And that. <laughs> and that. And that.
1: <laughs> Any celebrities? Are you allowed to tell me any um, celebrity faces you've ever dealt with in the Porsche world?
0: Um, again, it's difficult for the the sake of confidentiality. I, thought that might have I, been I can't answer. really, I can't really get apart from the ones that that are well known to be involved in the brand. So mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, we had Emma Raducanu in the office. Mark Webber, of course, we regularly um see him and he picks up his cars um from from the head office. Um so uh uh I used to actually have to spec his company cars as well. Oh wow. So I remember yeah, I think it was like twenty thirteen ish and I spec'd him a nine eleven turbo in I think back then it was aqua blue, but then it had a similar interior to this where it was a, a real light interior. Um uh I think it was again Pebble Grey back then or something. So, um, yeah, you spat those cards. And I remember thinking, that's really cool. And, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's difficult to say. Yeah, You're has not going to tell me, basically. Few, um, no Beyonce. Uh, th- no Beyonce. I will say one <laughs> funny story, which I still, uh, hopefully he wouldn't mind me telling this story. But um, once I, I was just um, attending our experience centre at Silverstone and, and um, I was just walking through the door and then... Chris Hoy um opened the door for me to let me in the building because he was just on his way out and I you know, I thought, you're M B E, like yeah. I should be holding the door yeah. for you but
1: <laughs> worst spec car you've ever built. Have you ever seen some absolute monsters and thought, oh, yeah, why?
0: Absolutely. Now, I could pick on some of my colleagues here. I <laughs> <laughs> really could. <laughs> One, again, I won't name him in our press team. He's uh, yeah, almost famous for, for coming up with some monstrosities. Um, what What's interesting is in... in germany particularly you know a lot of interiors they still like a lot of the brown leathers mm-hmm. they're still very traditionalist in that way but here obviously that's quite rare you don't see those that so much it's a lot more of obviously yes black but also a lot of the more pastel type colors as interior but um one of my um colleagues spec', it was a cayenne um and it was white um all the exterior elements so the roof rails and things like that were silver um and the interior was um uh like a beige a a luxor (laughs) beige and um and then to finish it off and again everybody's taste is their own the wheels were white and then i don't know if it was that car that had red stick red um uh door stickers as well or whether that was another white K N. but yeah um, it was all a bit, <laughs> niche. <laughs> niche, Niche. Niche. Someone's um,
1: dream car, NARS.
0: Yeah. We've we've got one on our fleet at the moment, it, which is splitting opinion, mm-hmm. which I, I kind of like when it splits opinion. It, yeah. It's a, a white 911 Carrera Coupe, um, but then the wheels are partially painted red. So, and the interior is red as well. So it's quite bold, but yeah. it's not, not, not completely untasteful but it, it's yeah it's it's just splitting opinion which i kind of like there was an old um story i heard again with with rolls royce actually where at a motor show they spectre, uh their new car uh, in a terrible color it was awful but everybody was talking about it um so have you seen that rolls royce mm-hmm. and and so it was kind of again like the the there's no bad PR type thing, uh-huh. you know. Everybody was was talking about it. Obviously, that works at a motor show, not so <laughs> much on the, on your car you're driving around every day. But you know, it's interesting, yeah. How sometimes you know, yeah, you split opinion mm-hmm. and, and get the conversation going. Yeah, you get the conversation going, and 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 that's the whole point is everybody's taste is different. You yeah. Know, there's there was again uh, uh, back in the eighties, there was um, um, uh, a shake. Uh, that had seven nine five nines because you know six isn't enough, <laughs> and and he put all of them through exclusive, um, and most of them were gold.
1: I remember the story. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh,
0: now is that going to work here? I mean, you'd be very brave, but you know, again, we've got a lot of lot of shakes and and living over here as well. You know, the the um, Prince of of Jordan has has got a a place not too far from me, so uh, they they're living here as well. So it wouldn't actually be out the question. No, I wouldn't rule uh, that out. I'd get to see them here. The Sultan of Brunei has a place here as well, I think. So. Oh, this this doesn't count as the confidentiality thing. <laughs> I, th- I think it's well known. <laughs> no, it speaking of PR, <laughs> it reminds
1: me of um the campaign on April Fool's Day that they put out about the <laughs> PTS Rust and yeah. that split opinions. That's a great example of creating something awful and hideous. But it gets people talking, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: exactly. And we had a lot of fun with that and, and again when we were having our calls over it, you know, we wanted the story to to be um you know to be believable so we we knew that if we just put it on our channel and and that was it then people but people wouldn't wouldn't believe it because it would just be one post one one person so so we ended up speaking to various other people within the porsche world lots of social media accounts mm-hmm. you know ptsrs and and things like that and we got them on board with it as uh, the secret and and so not only were we posting about it but they were and and suddenly it was really believable. It was genius and, it was and, so good you know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so yeah the the idea that you could you could put rust on your car as a as an added extra yeah quick fire ready okay. listen to that god's red or racing yellow racing yellow Ooh. Ooh. Yeah.
1: ruby star or Brewster green Ruby Star. Nine One Eight Spider in Viola Metallic or Nine Eleven Turbo S in Urban Bamboo Chromaflow.
0: Nine Eighteen Spider. Ooh. Yeah, I've actually seen one in Viola Metallic and it just looks so Aria. good. Yeah, yeah. Google it; it's really cool.
1: <laughs> ducktail or Swan Neck? Swan Neck. Ooh, yeah. and you can't go wrong. Although the Ducktail is like nostalgic, isn't it?
0: It is. It is. It's nostalgic, but again, this is going back to the Manti roots again. Yeah. The the, the Swan Neck and and. Again, it amazes me that GT cars weren't using the Swan Neck until about 10 years ago, and then all of a sudden, people cottoned on to the aerodynamic benefits and then started using it, and now we've got it on our road cars, and I just think that's a really cool thing as well. So yeah, ducktail nostalgic, but yeah, appreciative of the innovation and the technology, yeah.
1: Okay, so final question. (laughs) What advice would you give to someone speccing their dream Porsche?
0: Um, I think uh first and foremost the, the actually first thing going right to the start would be to come down and drive a car. That sounds really logical, but so many people I guess don't have the time or, or they they just they've already made their mind up, I suppose. And and they'll just order the car or or, or discuss the configuration without even driving the car yet. And and you may have, say, already had a, a, your 718 and you're ordering another 718. And even then, you know, test drive the car because that, that, that demonstrator might have different options, different features than you had in your last car. So you can always experience something new and something different. So first of all, I'd say drive um, drive a demonstrator. The second thing would be to take your time. Take your time in terms of specification. You can, you know got into the configurator explore that we're updating it all the time with new options so you can just keep playing around with it one one feature i really like at the moment personalize um it's a range of options where you can go on not only choose like a door seal guard but you on the configurator can write down what you want to want it to say on that that door sill guard it can say something different on the left and the right and you know so we've had a few people in the aviation industry for example that have written no step and and things like that mm-hmm. which is quite cool um but yeah you can do all that on the configurator um and then uh come down to the porsche center speak to the guys you know it, Go to Zuffenhausen if you want to. Um, that's there available to you and you can see and be inspired by all those amazing cars as well. And these people are are so experienced in the high-end personalization of these cars. They've seen what's been done around the world. So in Japan, you know, they might have done some sort of um, special seat piping or something like that, which which was brand new or, or seat belts with different, color strands in them and, and things like that that they know they've tested and they've been through um, all the development and they can offer that to you and those guys have got that information so take your time um, know that your first spec is not your last um, I remember seeing an article a little while ago which was in the US but um, a journalist wrote okay my friends just got uh, an allocation for a Taycan GTS." so now the fun starts. And it was because, yes, the person placing the car could could build their configuration, they could spec a car, but then the journalist would also spec a car, and then they would compare the two, then they would adjust them, then they would see what new options have come up, and then they would keep playing around with the, the specs and, and discuss them and The more you discuss the cars, the more you discuss those features and options, the more you build your own anticipation. And when that car arrives, it's just, yeah, it's going to mean so much more. So uh, I think just, yeah, really take your time and um, get inspired by as much as you can. Speak to as many people as much as you can. You will change your mind. Accept it. Run with it. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I'd say that that's... That's my best advice, I'd say. I think mean, that's perfect advice. Well, thank you.
1: I, would be I wouldn't be I even know where to start, really. <laughs> Honestly, I'm doing a house up at the minute and I don't even know where to put my plug sockets. So. <laughs> God do you help know, me.
0: Do you know, it's funny you should mention the house thing because, you know, this is an al- analogy that that I often use, um, you know, building a car. When you're building a house and you're configuring a house, um, say you're building it from brand new. And first of all, yes, the layout is is considered and you'll look at the entrance to the property and so on and then when you then look at how you go through the property what you're going to see and then all those details start to mean a lot you Mm -hmm. know like you say where the plug sockets are going to be what finish they're going to be what functionality will they have what kind of material will the floor have what kind of colors are going to be around you how light is it going to be how dark is it going to be um and, and you want, though, and you'll get, when you're talking about a house, you'll get into those fine details, um, the different materials that mm-hmm. that you're going to use. And because it's it's a big decision, because you know you're going to see them every day. And it's exactly the same with a car. So, um so yeah, you know, spend that time. Like I say, spend that time on those details.
1: Can't have my green Porsche, I'll have my green front door instead. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: green, dream it onto the driveway. Kitchen, <laughs> you know, oh no bathroom. Was it the avocado oh bathroom? Yeah, you? Close yeah. your eyes.
1: <laughs> 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 no, Stuart. Honestly, thank you so much for coming down today. It's been an um, absolute pleasure talking to you and talking all things Porsche. And I wish you every luck in your new adventures.
0: Yeah, new. And moving on to uh, a new role in Porsche Cars North America, so I'll be heading over to Atlanta, Georgia, and um, uh, again looking after accessories, but also our Porsche Lifestyle range, um, which also features our Porsche Design range, including the the chronographs and the, and the unique chronographs we offer uh, through that profile as well. So um, yeah, it'll be a very interesting uh, change. I'm really looking forward to it. There's there's about 200 Porsche centers out there, obviously lots of different geographical considerations. Um, So uh, it's going to be very, very um, uh, challenging, but (laughs) rewarding I'm sure as well. Um, they're based in a, a place called One Porsche Drive and that's, uh, the building is actually the same building they used to film, uh, the Avengers headquarters in the Marvel movies. So, uh, is every
1: Friday superhero day, uh,
0: every day, <laughs> every day is superhero day. We, that's the uniform actually. You know, we all have to pick one. You
1: nearly had me then for a slight second. <laughs>
0: No, we have to act like superheroes, believe we're superheroes. You are
1: superheroes the Porsche world, really, though, <laughs> aren't you?
0: <laughs> Everyone here at Porsche Centre Preston is a superhero. Oh, uh, you're sure. all wearing uh, the uniform under your clothes. We
1: are. No, we are. No, and we love you very much, so <laughs> don't forget where we are.
0: No, I certainly won't, and and thank you for um, always inviting me up here, and, and you've done some amazing events here, and I love what happens here. I love the community feel up here and and all the customers are great and yeah the staff here are amazing as well so yeah love you too right back at you